0: When nothing seems to help, I go and look at a stonecutter hammer away mm-hmm. at his rock, perhaps a hundred times without as much as a crack showing in it. Yet at the hundred and first blow, it will split in two, and I know that it was not that blow that did it, but all that had gone before.
1: Stone, 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 <laughs> stone, cut, stone, 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 cut, stone, 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 it's Aaron. And we're your stone cutters. Yes. <laughs> it's sounds like I'm about to like sell something on like yeah, TV s- or something. Yeah. yeah.
0: We're not selling you anything. Everything that we're giving you is free. Free 99. Free
1: 99. The only
0: thing that will cost you is action. Right. And taking the, the necessary steps to get you closer to where you want to be mm-hmm. and who you want to be. Mm-hmm. How did we come up with the title, Stone Cutters? Stone Cutters. Uh, how did we come up with it? I think I shared that, that quote with you, and I think originally it probably came from Iron Sharpening Iron. Uh-huh. Uh, the, 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 the whole origin, I think, there was a point in your life, Will, when, when we knew each other in Los Angeles, that you were going through some struggles, and you were, you came to me and you said, Aaron, what do, what do I do? The, all of these things are happening to me, and they're... And, and I'm feeling it.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't remember none of that shit, though. And I told, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm to get there. I'm to get there. And I, and I gave you the analogy right, of the right. sword. God. Yes.
0: Yeah. I gave you the analogy yes, of the sword and how yes. a sword is made. And a sword is made by basically placing it into the fire to, to, to basically melt the metals and to, and to have the metals malleable, which means that they can be formed and pounded into a particular shape. So, mm-hmm. a, a, a sword is placed into the fire and it's heated up and it's warmed mm-hmm. up. And that heat, it it releases some of the impurities. But the next step in the process, that blade is taken out and it's pounded and it's flattened and it's shaped into something that's that that looks like a sword. Right. And then it's taken and through that pounding, more impurities are released. And after it's been pounded a certain number of times, then it's dropped into cold cold water which is a process called it's quenched and when you quench it it basically solidifies whatever position it was in when it was being pounded and when it was being warmed up so I said that the analogy there is that oh actually after it's quenched then it's sharpened mm-hmm. or it may go back into the fire to be warmed pounded and then quenched again and then this is just a what I told you was is that whole process that whole entire process it parallels the way that we live our lives and mm-hmm. when challenges come to us that's the fire and that's the, that's what warms you up and it heats you up and sometimes the fire could be anger the fire could be it, it could it could be a multitude of different things however you're, you're warmed up and then you're pounded and that's the force and the pressure the pressures mm-hmm. of the life the pressures of the money the pressures Of the fame whatever those pressures may be and then you're quenched you're sharpened the process continues and it it just it's it's never-ending for your entire life so first it was the sword analogy Mm -hmm. and then from that we both looked at ourselves as being swords and the next phrase was iron sharpens iron Mm -hmm. and that we were basically using ourselves to sharpen each other I was using you to, to put new new ideas up you were doing the same with me where you were asking hey how would you approach this and I would say how would you approach that iron sharpens iron Mm -hmm. and then from there I introduced you to the stonecutters quote from Jacob Reese and I think as we were starting to develop an idea to start talking about how we've been formed and how and how we're constantly growing evolving and changing stonecutters just fit that mold It, it really fit what we were talking about and talking about hundred blows without seeing anything
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then that hundred first it'll split and you need to remind yourself that it wasn't that last one it wasn't that 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 audition that got you the gig it was all the, the ones that you didn't mm-hmm. get where you didn't see anything you didn't see the results you didn't right. see anything come from it it's that all of those went into making that final blow that broke that new facade off that showed that new, that new part of you mm-hmm. So that's where the name came from, Stonecutters.
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's a powerful name. I mean, I was thinking about that situation, you know. I was going through a relationship at the time, you know, and I think I was I was in the fire of it. Yes. Know? And you know, your words, you know, pulled me out of the fire. And then, you know, then the pounding began. You know, then the sharpening began. You know, and you know, it's just like wow. You know, <laughs> I'm just thinking about the process, the process of that whole time and what space I was in. It was a beautiful time, but at the same time, it was a painful time. And you know, people go through relationships, and you know, they uh, they can either go, you know, let it sink them into the dumps, or they can have a friend like you in that situation. So thank you, my good brother. You're welcome. You know, what I'm saying to pull me out and to put it all in perspective. You know, and even looking at that process of the stone cutter and the sword, you know, that's the process of life. How many uh, people will be so further along in life if they just know the principle? You know, it's like, listen, it's just, I just gotta keep hitting it. I just gotta keep hitting it. Don't concern myself with not getting this job or this not working out, you know, just keep hitting it, hitting, hitting, hitting. It's like, even out of that relationship, I always tell women, cause I'm married, that, you know, marriage is your right. Even through that process, I never, I never had a second of doubt that I would not be married, you know what I mean? Like I knew that that would happen for me, you know, no matter how many relationships that I went through or situations that built me, I just kept plugging away because I knew eventually I would get to the center. It's mm-hmm. like uh, licking one of them uh, lollipops. Tootsie pop. Tootsie pop. There it is. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Eventually you're going to get to the center. Yes.
0: Yeah. But you, once you get to the center, you all you think about is the center, not everything that got you there. So right, and, and that's and that's probably what we're doing is 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 part of the stone cutters is helping people chip away, but also
1: revealing the hundred blows
0: that got us to here.
1: Exactly, exactly, and that's important because if you can look at it and see somebody's path, you know you're never going to get there the same way they got there, but you can say okay, that's encouragement. It, can, you know, it so can. be done. It can be done. It can keep going. You know, that's dope. That's dope.
0: I. Um, I mean, I've run ac- across a lot of people in working at Nike, and even before I got to Nike, there was just heaps and heaps of people that showed me that it could be done. Mm-hmm. There were people that showed me that you could get a job at Nike, and come from a completely different country, you could work at Nike and design footwear mm-hmm. and be a part of the product creation process. Starting as a janitor, mm-hmm. um, you can be the head of a department and only have a high school degree. Mm. You can be, you can work with championship athletes, top tier athletes, but never have competed at the highest level yourself. So wow. it, it just to show you that all those different things are possible, mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, it, it. We, we want to show people, we want to help people to show them that it's possible mm-hmm. and then let them sort of figure it out and, and go out. And yeah, it so. and I
1: just, you know, and, you know, showing it possible that, you know, boom, you got the Nike, which is congratulations, you know what I mean? It's a huge, I just <laughs> toured the campus, you know, I'm juiced up on that. <laughs> but also to know that, you know, you gotta have a blueprint for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, each person's blueprint is different, but you see that, okay, Will's acting, Aaron's at Nike, you know, uh, and I can make it, I can do it, you know, to keep going. To to never give up and those things are just not cliche sayings, you know, because at one time we can hear those and they could be cliche for us But now it's a reality, you know, And it's like okay, but there's more in me than just that You know, but the process the process falling in love with the process. It's just like me breaking down a character, you know There's times where you 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 get frustrated, you know, you get angry, you know, you're not getting it or you're not meshing well with the director or the writer but once you get through the process it's like you know as soon as i pick up a script i don't know the lines but the more i read it and go over it they become they become in my they, they get into my body and once they're in my body then they start to become me you know what i'm saying words become things they form they have shape you know so once they i get them in they, my body they begin to shape and they begin to tell me you know what it is that they want to say you know and what is it that the character wants to say you know? so it's that whole uh, that whole entire process you know
0: what what would you say is your biggest motivator what motivates you to stick with the process to what motivated you to get to to the point that you're at right now talk a little bit about your upbringing mm-hmm. and how the, and how those things that from when you were a kid, how they motivated you mm-hmm. as, as an adult now?
1: Well, what motivated me as a, I would say as a teenager, you know, was basketball, you know, but it wasn't just the playing of basketball. It was the kid that got picked last, you know? Um, it was a kid that was a little late to grasp, you know, the sport, you know what I mean? Um, you know, I, I became, you know, determined to be the best you know that I could be you know Mm -hmm. when I got cut from the basketball team it was like nah, man. I know I can hoop you know I was I was having an internal conflict between you know it's something that I really want to do in my mind but sometimes my body just wasn't able to do the things that I desired to do you know like I was really short like 5'3 growing up and then I sprouted up to like 6'1 you know so you go through that what they call oscar slaughters where the tendon grows too fast for the bone so what you get patella tendonitis from mm. you know what i mean so it's like i'll be right i'll be ready to take somebody's spot but then my knees start hurting you know what i'm saying or i'll go for a layup they'll be like yo baby sorry because he can't make an open layup." but my knees are in so much pain that i can't really elevate and jump off the ground you know what i'm saying so it was those things that motivated me to like, you know, it just gave me a work ethic, you know, but then what I realized too, that basketball for me was a vehicle, you know, it became, it was a vehicle to get me to, you know, acting, you know, honestly, I think if I would have, I got hit real hard by this dude named Charles Meadows, like in fifth grade in football, you know, I mean, I was going up, I think I was doing a, a out and up and that's, you know, you run you cut five yards out and up. And as the ball is coming down, I'm getting ready to catch the ball. He just blindsides me, <laughs> You know what I mean? And it's like he, it's like when the real hits and your chin is bleeding because the, the chin strap cuts you, all your boys are laughing and making fun at you, man. Charles Meadows laid you out. You know, and I was like, ah, man, I never want to get hit like that again. But I've always watched football. So naturally, when I started playing again in, in the, in, as a senior, I was naturally just good at it. So I was good at scoring touchdowns, but it was that one hit That was like, yeah, I don't want to get hit like this again. So I stopped playing the sport. But I believe football was my sport. You know what I'm saying? Like the sport to actually play and and be really good at. So I take those same elements now into acting. Wanting to be the best. Yeah, and the best me. Yes. You know what I mean? Because when I was in college playing basketball, I got to the point where, okay, I've been cut three times in high school. You know, I started running track, you know, and then they put me back on the basketball team because the coach was like, yo. Coach Mabry like, yo, this kid is just—he's just not giving up. He said, "Forget it. If y'all ain't gonna put him on the basketball squad, so I'll just run track." So I, I ran my uh, uh, the four by two. Run, I ran anchor. I ran won the first meet that I did. That's when I didn't start running track. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was always been that guy to keep going. You know, but when it got to when I got to college and I was playing ball in college, I was like, "Am I playing for me?" Oh, am I playing to prove the guys wrong, that I can make it? To prove to them that I can make it, that they were wrong about me, I can make it. And I went on to play at a, at a, a, a higher level, you know, and longer than most of the guys that were more talented in high school. you know. But once I knew that I was playing for them and nobody cares, they don't care. You know, when I mean? you get to a certain age, no one cares. They just wanna know if you're good, you all right, how you doing, no one cares. And I was like, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for you that ain't even thinking about me. And that's when I stopped playing ball. You know, I got to the point where I was like, yeah, I need to figure out what it is that I want to do. You know what I mean?
0: Okay. And then where, where were you at when you, when you, when you came to that realization? Like where, where, like, where were you living?
1: I was in San Diego. Yeah, I was in San Diego, in Lena Vista, San Diego, uh, living with my auntie, my homeboy, Antoine, her husband, her boyfriend, and the husband had a girlfriend on the side of the, of the street. <laughs> shout out to my <coughs> auntie, though. You know, shout out to my auntie. But um, yeah, that was that was a time in my life when I was chasing that dream. You know, trying to figure it out. And the dream changed. The dream changed. You know, and then come to find out, when I started acting, my father told me that you know, that's what he always wanted to do. He used to fall asleep in movie theaters when he was six years old. So the acting is in the genes. Now, have I trained? Yes, you know what I mean? But there's something in me that was passed from my father to me. So that gives me a little more edge, you know? But that's the process. You know, if I hadn't played ball, if I didn't get cut from the basketball team, if people didn't make fun of me at the time, you know what I'm saying? It wouldn't have created the drive in me that I had. So I, when I turn what can seem to be negative, I flipped it into a positive. You know, but once I got into who I am, and I just felt I love myself, and I, don't, I wouldn't change any other experiences. I wouldn't change my needs being better and all that, because that would have took me on another journey, another phase, but all that built me. You know what I'm saying? When I was that stone, yeah. you know, those situations, those experiences cut away at me. You know, boom, 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 boom. And the more I became who I am, that's why, you know, when you think about this, I don't know, I think about this, but when, you know, Adam is in the garden, You know, God gave him work, you know, and work is not just to be at a nine to five work means Aragon, which means to become, you know what I'm saying? Work to become who you're meant to be, you know, to become, to become, to become. So constantly I'm working to become. What does that becoming for me looks like at 40 is different what it looks like now in my Mm thirties, you know what I mean? Man, so you said a couple different things
0: there. Uh, one of them was, you're talking about motivation. Mm-hmm. When did you realize that you were motivated by being picked last, by having, by struggling in high school sports? where mm-hmm. you, was that last year? Was that a couple of years ago? Like,
1: what, did you know back then? Yeah, I remember riding my bike. Man, I just wanted to make my legs bigger, so I would ride my bike to, uh, I worked at Safeway, I rocked my bike to Safeway, you know, and then I would go to a little court um, that was um, by King Street and I would just play, you know, by myself working on my game, you know. Uh, you know, it just, it just fueled me, man. It just really fueled me to, um, you know, no one likes to get laughed at, you know what I mean? And again, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make you motherfuckers pay, you know what I'm saying? That's the, that's the, the mindset that I was on. You know, and it worked for a, a, a long period of time, you know, and it created a drive in me, you know, to uh, work hard. But then once I let go of, I'm not doing it to prove you guys wrong. You know what I mean? Then it had to change to, what do I really want? Yeah. So when you were asking like, what keeps you going, you know, to me is to have the vision. You know, I, if I, why am I thinking about these things if I can't do it, you know? And I go into these places that people have created, even the place that we are sitting in now. This is someone's idea, and I want my own ideas. I want to bring them to life. You know, you know, I, w- I want to know what that feels like. Just like you know, you at Nike, you you are you're 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 at a place that was Phil's idea. You know what I mean? And now you're making it, you know, your own and what you're going to bring to the company. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But, but what about you? Like, what was what like? What fueled you like growing up? I think Being an only child, you know what I'm saying? So there's a couple different things. Um, I always tell people that
0: every sort of piece of criticism, it it motivated me along the way because I was uh, extremely insecure, extremely um, Mm self-conscious of any sort of criticism. Um, In college, I studied engineering in college and I remember being a freshman uh, one of my professors it was towards the end of the semester and it was one of these things are you gonna or it's the middle of the semester and it was you need to you need to get your, your grade right now is about a c minus mm-hmm. and you need to get straight a's or hundreds on all the rest of your exams to to even be eligible for an a or a b in the course and it was at that point where you can drop a class and I went to him and I talked to him about my situation and everything. And he just was like, "You know what? I don't think that you're meant to be an engineer. I don't think that this is, you know, the right, the right thing for you." And that mm-hmm. motivated me as a freshman. That motivated mm-hmm. me to finish. Mm-hmm. So, so, and and probably for the first five to six years of my career, it was really about proving him wrong mm-hmm. and everybody else that I was in class with. I, that that was just like why is he here he 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 shouldn't be here why are, go study something else man engineering isn't right for you because the rest of the room doesn't look like you mm-hmm. you know so we don't need any anybody with crazy hair or the crazy pants or anything like that the guy who's outspoken about all the pro, all the mathematical equations and wants to challenge everything and mm-hmm. wants to really look at it that way so for a very long time i was about proving him wrong mm-hmm. and i found that on this journey to get to Nike and, and to, for people to, to be like, tell me what your story is. For a while, my story that I would tell people that I would tell myself is that I'm motivated by the naysayers. Mm-hmm. When I took a deeper look at it, and I and I, I said, hey, forget college, because college is the byproduct of, of the, these things that happened at a younger age, so I could be motivated by criticism in college, but where did that originally come from? Mm-hmm. And Growing up as an only child is part of it. The other part of it is is that my mother had me with, she, my mother was pregnant with me. She was probably seven or eight months pregnant with me and my father came home to the apartment and they're both at home and somebody called the apartment and my mom picked up the phone and somebody was talking wild on the phone to her and she was just like, "What? what is this? this? and my pops grabbed the phone and was like, who is this? Oh, I know who this is. Where are you at right now? Hung up the phone, went straight to the bar where homeboy was at, grabbed a crowbar, and just started molly him to, to about an inch, to a, within an inch of his life. Mm-hmm. Almost killed him. He comes running back to, to, to my mom, bloody shirt, bloody this, bloody that, and he's like, we got to go to D.C. tonight. I got to see my, my grandma or his, or his mother. I got to see him because I'm getting ready to go to jail. Mm-hmm. And my mom is eight months pregnant with me. Mm-hmm. So they hop in the car and they drive down 95. And my dad's driving and my mom is throwing bloody clothes out of the car. Get to D.C. He sees his, his parents. He comes back. He gets arrested. He goes to jail. Uh, he's in jail until I'm, I think I was, Two and a half when he got out of jail. Mm-hmm. The first time I met my father was in a bar, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a memory that I that I have with me. And that's how old were
1: you? Two, two. Oh, oh, two and a half. First time you Okay, okay.
0: Yeah. So he got out of jail. I want to see my son, and my mom's like, "Okay, where do you want us to meet you?" He says, "I, I want y'all to meet me here." And and what, what what happened the first time was is that he didn't show up. Now this is 1982. And this is when you had to pick up a payphone and call somebody. There weren't even that many answering machines. And my mom at the time was on welfare and she would be like, Okay, we're gonna meet you there at three o'clock on Saturday, mm-hmm. and bundle me up, put me on the bus, take me all the way down to somewhere in Philadelphia, wait somewhere on a corner mm-hmm. at three o'clock, 4 o'clock, and then we go home. My mom's like well, he didn't show up and then he'll call and be like oh I got caught up with this I got caught up with this let's try again tomorrow and then the next day comes and the same thing happens and then the third time my, my wife is like listen I mean my mom was like either you come or you, you're not going to be able to have a relationship with your son he, he finally showed up but what, after that first visit when we went to a bar I think I might have seen him two or three other times after that and then he, he moved back down to D.C., and I had a very distant relationship with my father uh, growing up. Mm-hmm. So the things that motivate me right now are to right those wrongs mm-hmm. that my father did to me, not only from a, from a father-son perspective, but just from a life perspective. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of the same anger issues that my father had. Mm -hmm. And the the way that I get around those anger issues is by working through things, whether it's becoming becoming more mindful Mm -hmm. of my actions to really set goals Mm -hmm. for myself. Because I looked at, I asked my mom, my father passed away right after I graduated uh, college, and I asked my mom about my father, and she was, you know, hey, he was a, a printer, he was a salesman on the street. He had a streetcar and he'd sell you a hat one day and he would sell you, mm-hmm. you know, a, a little trinket the next day and he never realized his full potential. Mm-hmm. And I think that really motivated me after he passed away, I said, you know what, I need to make my life something that's remarkable. Mm-hmm. And that was right around the same time when he passed away, that was when I was in that whole phase of, well I'm just I'm motivated by this professor that told me that I wasn't gonna be an engineer and then it flipped after my father died and it was just like, well you know what? That that motivation really came from this animosity or this like wanting to have a father a father being there, knowing him, but him not wanting to be around me. Mm-hmm. And I think subconsciously it's like he he doesn't feel worthy to be around me. But you don't find that out until after he passes away, but that whole time you're thinking that you're not worthy enough mm-hmm. to be around him. Did you get to see him before he passed? I did not get to see him before he passed. Mm-hmm. He was, one of, the, one of the most important moments in my life was 1998 when I graduated high school. He came to my high school graduation. And that's a very, I still look at that as one of my greatest accomplishments was graduating high school because mm-hmm. A lot of people of color don't get an opportunity to graduate high school, Mm -hmm. and not only that, but my mother and my father got to see me graduate high school. Um, So I went all through college, and he was watching from afar Mm -hmm. as I was studying mechanical engineering, as I was struggling. And it really would have been beneficial to me if I would have had his voice when I was struggling through college Mm -hmm. to say, hey, stay on the path. Mm give me the one of these uh, analogies that we come up Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. that would have been so beneficial to me Mm -hmm. going through college so all that being said is after he passed away I wanted to live the the most impactful profound existence that I could because when I went to his funeral and saw him and saw the people that wanted to give him the, the last farewell and they met me for the first time. They said, oh, you look just like your dad. Your dad talked about you all the time. He was so proud of you. And when people went up there to talk about my father, it eventually they, they eventually talked about me because my father was in jail. He had substance abuse issues. He had a multitude of health issues. He never really held down a steady job for most of his life. Mm-hmm. So you think about it like that. And then I looked at that, and I was like, okay, I need to – Get me a, a good paying, well a, a well paying job. Mm-hmm. I need to travel the world. I need to be able to impact other people. When it comes time for me to have children, I need to be a hundred times better father than than what I was able to to, to, to have. But that's yes. a but that's the, that's the, the the beauty of it is that because he wasn't there, that just made me much stronger of a father right now. Mm-hmm. And that much, you're a great father, baby. by the way. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, you're <a> great father. <laughs>
0: So yeah, that's that's really what motivates me. That's still what motivates me today. I think uh, in talking about my journey to Nike, I, I tell people the story about when I'm this ten year old kid, and I have I have a job. Mm-hmm. I'm bring, I'm bringing home money because at the at the time my mom she worked herself through nursing school to become to become a nurse. She actually failed the the, the board exam, and that that just that devastated her. But she ended up. becoming a nurse and throughout that whole process I got a job I was I had a paper route and I did all this kind of stuff and it was time to buy sneakers Mm -hmm. and when I was 10 years old I saw some sneakers and my mom was like okay if you want that Air Jordan 5 you're gonna need to put down at least half and I'll Mm -hmm. let you whatever shoe you want I'll give you half the money for it so I was like okay I need to come up with the money to get this Jordan 5 and I got the Air Jordan 5 And when I first saw it, I saw this 3M reflective tongue, and I saw these quarter panels on the side of the shoe that had this mesh, and I saw this outsole that was translucent, and I I didn't know what to do with myself. So I, I bought them, and I sat there and looked at them. I would put them under my bed, with a, and turn the light on so that you could see the, the shininess because it was a little bit of light and it would reflect off and I would Hold the shoe and, and try to tilt it so that it could um, mm-hmm. so, so that you could see that Anywho, um, f- from that I tore the shoe apart
1: mm-hmm.
0: After I tore the shoe apart I got into model airplanes mm. I got into, I'm listening to keep talking. I got into models. I got into Legos. I got into all these different things and all these different things led me down a path of math and science right and from math and science it came to me naturally mm-hmm. i'll tell people that i even in high school i slept through most of my classes i did 90% of the homework in homeroom mm-hmm. so i would be sitting next to someone and i'd be like hey the homework's dude did you did you get any of it done they'd be like i got one or two and i'd be like let me see this And I'd have five minutes and I would have the homework done. So I didn't really apply myself in high school, but teachers saw the potential in me. So they sent me to summer camps to learn about engineering. And from that, growing up in a single parent home, mother, money was so important and it was and it was our driving force Mm -hmm. that becoming an engineer was less about I'm good at math and science, I should do this, and more about when I graduate, I could be making 60, 70 right, right. Right. right So now
1: the money is a motivator to, to take care of the family.
0: Right off the rip. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even just myself. So then, but, but in in that whole story, remember that started with the Jordan, right? That started with the Jordan five. So now when I'm at Nike and I'm like, well, what is your purpose? Why are you at Nike? It's to create things, a Jordan, a part of a Jordan, any type of a shoe, any type of footwear technology, for that ten-year-old version of myself, mm-hmm. for that kid, for that person of color, that that girl or boy that's ten years old, single-parent home, mm-hmm. foster home, both parents, wherever they're at, to to show them what's possible, to unleash what's inside of them, because that shoe, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I was just so enamored with certain things that it 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 drew me to math and science, to engineering. So my whole what I want to do is I want to create that same energy when I was a 10 year old kid, Mm -hmm. I want to create that in
1: somebody Mm -hmm. else. How, this just makes me think of this, how do we get out of the pain? Because, you know, a lot of motivation is, you know, fueled by the pain. The pain that we've been through, whether it's cut from the basketball team, whether it's mother and father wasn't there, or father was there and mother wasn't, vice versa. You know what I mean? How do we get to a healing place? Because what if that 10 year old kid went to different things yeah. and we're still feeding that 10 year old kid something that they wanted when they were 10. Yeah. But now that 10 year old kid is 35 or 38. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
0: Well, when, when, I, when I look at it, it's that pain. Mm-hmm. It's really how you receive it and what you feel it it is like at first it's pain it's motivation but at a certain point it becomes the the why and it's less about pain and it's and 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 I'll I'll say it like this you know for a while there I had I held animosities and anger towards my father because of what happened Mm -hmm. and how I was a part of it and then it it slowly it started to switch and it was like well he was in a bad situation and i learned the empathy around it and then it was just like well, why wasn't my father then it was like my father wasn't there and it helped me mm-hmm. that that pain really transformed me it, it wasn't a bad thing as much as it was a good thing for me and mm-hmm. it was it, it's it's really looking at those things as they can as how you perceive them they can be perceived as something as being mm-hmm. bad or it can also be something perceived as it can not help you so it's Oh, I'm still feeling mm-hmm. the pain of that, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, are you feeling the pain, or are you feeling something that's trying to move you in a direction that you don't want to go, mm-hmm. and and you and it's perceived as being pain when it's actually mm-hmm. moving. So, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have a, the the right answer for that. One. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, right. I'm, I'm just talking through. Nah,
1: me. nah, that's good stuff though, because I think we all kind of deal with that, you know, like, you know. I think about my wife my wife you know a lot of her music you know came from pain you know what i'm saying and it was healing for her you know i can look at kanye west and see that a lot of his music at the college dropout came from pain through the wire through the wire you know what i'm saying some of his best music mm-hmm. you know if you look at the, the uh the curtis mayfield right all yeah. of them, they had a lot of pain. The John Coltrane's, they had a lot of pain. Donny Hathaway. Donny Hathaway, a lot of great music came out of the pain. So it's not to negate the pain, Yeah. because the pain brings, yeah. uh, it lets you tap into something that's raw yep. and uncut and you can feel something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as artists, you know, you want you want to have a, a place to heal too, you know, to experience something else on the other side of that pain as well. You know what I mean? So I, cause I feel like a lot of times we don't, we don't forgive our 10 year old self. We don't forgive the kid that was picked on or the kid that was, you know, bullied or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. in order to move forward. How do you forgive yourself? That younger
0: version of yourself, what do you think is the, how does that happen?
1: I think for me, you know, I accepted that it was all a part of the journey. And that's the uh, I, I was that set, sort of the same sentiments mm-hmm. I
0: think I may have just said it a little differently, mm-hmm. but yeah, the my father and and where he was in life that was a part of mm-hmm. it, it. It it made me, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's what it is too. Is that it's like you can say that something made you mm-hmm. and it was a and it was a bad experience, and you can say something that made you and it was a good experience. Right. That's
1: true. That's true. Yeah, but I think I just accepted it. Like you know, it's almost like. How can I say this, how can I put this? It's things that, you know, uh, that I've experienced in a way that I'm like, okay, you, 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 you can accept this and move forward or you cannot accept it and stay in it and be angry. You know what I mean? At some point you are gonna have to accept it and move on. You know, it's like, you know, you can never be healed from your friend. If you make friends with darkness, you're gonna stay dark. So at some point, you gotta, you know, you gotta push that darkness, you gotta accept the light. You know what I'm saying? You know what, I've been through the worst of the worst, whether a person's been raped, whether a person's been made fun of. You know, you have to come to the the realization of, okay, you know, that was a rough time and I'm still working through it. But you know what, I'm gonna accept this light in order to move forward. You know what I mean? Because there's something in the in the in, in the workings of everything that I may not understand. You know?
0: talk a little bit about. Uh, so you've been in Portland now. This is mm-hmm. the, th- the third day that you've been here, right? And we talked. We've been talking about it a little bit the whole time that you've been here. You are a beacon, and you're shining light, and you're you're meeting people at Nike. You're meeting, meeting people of color mm-hmm. in Portland, and you're shining a light on them. And some people. That light is is being is being reflected back, mm-hmm. and then other people you're shining the light, and it's it's not being reflected back, mm-hmm. and you're and you're seeing blockages, and you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about what that like, just all of that.
1: Well, I know that I'm a light everywhere I go, you know. what I'm saying I've made that decision because you know I have the light, you know. The light is in me. I know who the source is in me. You know what I mean. So no matter where I walk at. I can just look at people and know that, okay, they're dealing with something, you know, that's the discernment, that's the gifts that the Lord has given me to be able to look at people and say, they need a little bit more light today, you know what I mean? And when it's reflected back, it's cool because it fuels me, you know, it gives me a little bit like, oh man, okay, cool. Like coming here with you, there's light reflecting on light, you know what I'm saying? So we creating a greater light, you know what I mean? (laughs) But when I see someone that is, you know, have some dark areas, you know, Sometimes it's just, how you doing? Like when I hugged the young lady. You know, I know, and the reason why I told the at the at job, the reason why I told the other young girl that I shook her hand, you know what I'm saying? Because she didn't need a hug. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm in Portland, and I know that Portland has this race thing, like the rest of America. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to hug the black girl and then not hug the white girl, and the white girl feel that I didn't hug her because she's white subconsciously yes but I hugged the black girl because she's black mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying but at the same time they're two different people that need two different things yeah and so when I hugged the other young lady I was like I know that you need a hug because I know that you probably have one in their relationship that looks like me so to speak and you hadn't what you really needed so let me give you that sus to keep you going you know what I'm saying And so when I told the other young lady like you didn't need it so you to not think anything other than what it was. You know what I mean? You just didn't need it, you fooled. You know what I'm saying? And she even echoed it back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm feeling in love, I'm feeling in love. <laughs> you know, because she was already there. You know what, you what I'm saying? In a, at, a, at a place, you know? So I think that's in, you know, it's important that we check in. You know, we check in with people. You know what I'm saying? We check in to see how people are feeling and checking in with ourselves. You know, I'm not always at full light throttle every day. You know what I'm saying? That's why i am rather check in with my wife or checking with my friend. When I was with uh, you, when you t- said something about the sword, you know what I mean? I was in that, that darkness a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I was still trying to figure it out. How could this happen to me? How could I be so stupid? You know what I'm saying? When that relationship was the best thing that happened to me because it forced me to learn about self-worth. You know what I mean? It forced me to learn a lot about myself. You know what I mean? Sometimes we, you know, accuse people of doing things to us, but nobody can do anything to you unless you allow it. You know what I'm saying? That's like if you give me your hand. Give me your hand. You know what I'm saying? Don't hold me. I'm holding you. I don't need you to hold my hand. I'm holding your hand. You know what I'm saying? You know, so it's like I'm holding Aaron. Aaron is not holding me. Sometimes we want people to hold us when they're not meant to hold us. They just meant to show you something for a period of time, you know. It's just a season, you know what I mean? And I was like, ah, okay, this what this was. You know, it pulled so many different things out of me, you know. And now I'm like, okay, I can sit back and look at it. And even that young lady, I saw she'll see this one day. I can't <laughs> wait to say, yo, I appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> What's up? You good? You married? How you doing? How things going? What's up with your life? You know, You know People come into your life For a season A reason or a lifetime You know And I think sometimes We try to hang on to people You know what I mean When it's time to let go How do you know When to let go You know when to let go you just go you know
0: it you just you the critic that your inner critic is telling you i don't know if you should let go right and you're listening to that inner critic instead of that inner
1: of instead of that self that inner critic is speaking to you but you know when to let go most people you everyone knows they know it's just you don't listen to it or you're afraid to take that action or you're afraid to take that action you know that it's time to quit that job but you stayed there and delayed yourself another five years You know it was time to let that job go a long time ago, but the critics said, I got a child. I got a house note. I got a car note. What are people gonna say? Everybody's gonna think that I'm crazy because I quit my job. Yeah, exactly. Instead of saying, the inner voice is saying, it's time to go. And the inner voice is also giving you strategy. Hey man, it might be time to downsize with my car. May time to figure out how to use the train system. It may be time to, to sell that home. know and get another space or it may be time to keep all that and and see how the Lord is going to provide you know what I mean like sometimes I feel like we don't give God the opportunity to provide you know he says I am a provider you know what I'm saying I hear you I always hear you this is what Jesus said I hear you I always hear you I know that you always hear me you know so you you step into something you don't need to know all the ins and outs of it. You just need to know that uh, I'm going to be provided for. Your, your baby girl, you know what I'm saying? She doesn't wake up in the morning, you know, worried about what she's going to eat. She knows that it's going to be there. You know what I'm saying? And it's the same thing with the Lord. He's going to make sure that you're, 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 you're good, you know? But we have to surrender. The thing is we sometimes we try to keep doing doing it all by ourselves. You know what I mean? I got to do this. I got I to gotta make this happen. It's my time. I got to do it, you know, but not by your might, but by the spirit. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes we just, we spirit beings. So we just got to release, release ourselves to be like, okay, like the podcast. We ain't had no plan. You know, I came here. We said we wanted to do it. But then we released ourselves to make everything happen. Let's put on a burden on your heart. Let me get the equipment. Okay, cool. We're going to put the iPhone up. You know what I'm saying? We're going to sit up in here. You know, and we just going to talk and be stone cutters for people and stone cutters for ourselves. we get getting fed at the same time. Exactly. You know, the person that's watching this is getting fed.
0: Yeah. So, I just want to back up for anybody that's listening that isn't spiritually mm-hmm. based right. in, a, in any sort of religion. Right. The same things that Will is talking about, you put the universe and the universe will provide for you, mm-hmm. just like Jesus or just like the Lord will provide. The universe will provide for you. And there's things that, that they talk about in quantum physics and there's things that they talk about around the law of attraction that mm-hmm. basically talk about setting the intention, speaking it into existence, writing it down. That, that's the same principles as going to church, praying about things, mm-hmm. putting things on your heart. It's the, it's the same principles Whether you believe in something or you don't believe in something, Mm -hmm. there will be, things will be provided for you and and I I think that there's so many wild instances and examples Mm -hmm. of that happening where you needed $20 and $20 appeared. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and some people may say that the universe gave you $20 because you put the intention out mm-hmm. there and other people may say that the Lord mm-hmm. or Jesus
1: gave you that. Price. And, this, is for the, and this, this one is for the church folks that listen because sometimes church folks, you know, for me, I have a relationship with Jesus. You know, I'm not into religion. You know, that's Jesus hated religion. You know, but this for the church folks that, that listen that they get caught up in well, how is the wicked blessed? How do wicked people get blessed? It seems like the wicked have all the money and they don't go to church. Well, they work the principle. The principle, like quantum physics or whatever you're saying, Mm -hmm. the principle does not care. The principle is going to work because the principle is in place. Now, you may be rich but not have peace. That's a different thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But the principle is going to work. You know, if you know accounting, there's certain things that are just going to have to work a certain way. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But when you talk about integrity, authenticity, you know, peace, love, joy, and those are things that only can come from the source. And the, regardless of whether it's the universe
0: or it's, it's any sort of religion, mm-hmm. faith is involved.
1: Faith is involved.
0: Faith—it has to be there, and I didn't realize that. And I, and I, every time I hear the word faith, my mind for a very long time would go to religion. Mm-hmm. And you can have faith and not have a religion. And faith is something that we all need to have. Outside. It can either be attached to religion or it can be irregardless of religion. But mm-hmm. you need to have faith in yourself, mm-hmm. in your beliefs, and in your dreams, and in your actions. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Yeah, because yeah, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You know what I mean? So you're hoping for something, you know, but while you're hoping for it and thinking about it, it is as tangible as the thought that you're thinking about it. It just had not been pulled down into this realm yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And everybody, you know, you need faith. To, you know, you have faith when you sit down in that chair that, that chair gonna hold you. You have faith that when you turn on that car, that it's going to turn on and get you to where you need to be. You have faith when you get on a plane that you're going to land, you know, hopefully, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm on a lot of planes, you know what I mean? So it's like, Jay, you know, you had faith, you know, that, okay, if I say no to all these other jobs, that the Nike job will appear. Yes. Faith is the substance of things, or the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. Mm-hmm. Things not seen. You know what I mean? But it's there. The f- faith is the evidence of things not seen. Mm-hmm. Not seen. Maybe it's the evidence of things not seen. Because mm-hmm. you're hoping for something, but it's there. It's tangible. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's like, you know we can't see all that. The, the little micro things that are going on in this room. You know what I mean? Uh, with our naked out. but they're there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can't see the wind but it's there you know what i mean it,
0: the, it, all of these light beams are tr- are they're coming out of the source and they're reflecting off of the wall we can't see the beams as they reflect off the wall we can't see the energies that are getting emitted from the television or right. from the are the, the sound waves right that were that are reverberating with us and getting collected by the microphones we can't see
1: any of that can't see any of that but it's there so that's the thing you know we got to know that that you know, there's levels of faith too. Okay. You know, somebody may have faith, you know, that you know they'll get a job. You know what I'm saying? Then there's a faith that, you know, I'm going to design a building, you know, or something like that's gonna happen. So there's there's levels. I I don't even know what level of faith that I'm on, but they come through experience, brings you to another level of faith. You know, so the you know one of the goals is to deepen your faith. You know, the more you deepen it, the more things you can do. You know what I mean? Some people have faith to see spirits and angels. Some people don't. So some people never see them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So in another dimension, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, all these different things. Phil Knight. That's Phil Knight, right? Mm-hmm. So Phil, Phil, <laughs> Phil. Yeah, I want to make sure. Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. So Phil had faith to build Nike.
0: He had faith in picking the swoosh, and actually he didn't have much faith in the swoosh, but he had faith in the people that were around him. Exactly. And the team that he surrounded himself with. And yeah, that faith, he had faith that the companies that he worked with in Asia would produce things the the way that he he intended them Mm -hmm. to. He had faith, even running track at the University of Oregon, he had faith that what Bill Bowerman was trying to do was make athletes better Mm -hmm. through innovation, through new materials, Mm -hmm. through new processes. Mm -hmm. And he had faith in Bill. And every time coach gave him a new pair of uh, track spikes and said, you gotta run on these, we've made some improvements. He had faith in him Mm -hmm. that those improvements would make him better. Because if he didn't have faith in him, then he would be skeptical and sort of say, well, why did you do this? And why is that thing here? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is gonna work exactly Mm -hmm. the way that you think it is, but when
1: you have that trust Mm -hmm. and that faith, Boom, boom, boom. Sky's a limit. Mm -hmm. Let's take some questions. And I know you're wondering how (laughs) can we take questions because we're not like on Instagram live or anything. Yeah. But here's the thing. Here's faith, right? I can hear someone's question. Okay. Saying, asking us, that whoever around the world will watch this thing at some point in time, that how do you deepen your faith? How do you increase your faith? That's the question I'm hearing. How does one deepen their faith? How does Aaron get more faith?
0: Man, I don't have an answer for that. Right? You do? I can't. Uh, you trying to pull it pull it out of me, man? Mm-hmm. I'm like.
1: Did you get Did you gain more faith when you got the job at Nike? No, I already had it. You already had it? I had the faith. Had I had the
0: faith. Faith. I, I the, the funny story is I was – I got to Nike December 2017. The journey the, the, the journey started for me in 1990, but the actual I'm going to really apply myself and I'm going to go get this was probably 2013. Mm-hmm. So I would probably say like right, right in, in the 2015, 2016 time frame – I was, one day I just came home and I opened up the closet door and I have a, um, inside my closet I have a sign that says, what are you doing today to get closer to your goals? Mm -hmm. And I had another sheet that was right below it and it said, you're already there. Mm -hmm. And that's the faith. The faith is that you're already there, you already have everything that you need to go Mm -hmm. to where you want to go. And I was like, do I really have everything that I, do do I already have it? Mm And I started to cry. Mm. And I started to cry because I was like, I do have it. And I'm already there. Mm-hmm. I already have the job. And I told, and I was like, I'm not going to quit. Like, I can't quit. How do you get the faith is... It just, it, it happened. And it happened because I finally started to believe and listen more to that inner voice, that inner self, and... Anything that's faith that's based around faith is you're you're asking a question Mm -hmm. and you're trying to see something that isn't there Mm -hmm. Right,
1: but it's there, but it's there Mm -hmm. Or you wouldn't be asking the question or you
0: wouldn't be asking the question Mm -hmm. So I think I asked myself the question so many times and I always let the critic answer it. Mm -hmm. And when the critic answered it, no, 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 you don't have everything you still got to do this You still got to do that. No, no, no man you. Nope, you probably should try to look at that job instead of this job. You should probably try to apply to this other footwear company or that other footwear company. And then, and that's the, the I let the critic answer the, the faith-based question mm-hmm. instead of letting the self mm-hmm. answer the question. And, and the other thing is answering the question and not just letting the question be out there. This is a great one. Does God exist? Mm-hmm. Is there a God? Somebody who has faith, what do they say?
1: Someone that has faith, would, I would say, ask and, and wait on the experience.
0: If 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 I said, "Is there a Lord?" Mm-hmm. Somebody who has faith would say, "Yes." Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would say yes. 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 People who don't have faith would say, "Well, we don't know. There's this thing. There's that right. thing. We right. got all these different things." So when a faith-based question is it, it comes up ask yourself the question what would somebody who has faith what would they how would they answer the right. question mm-hmm. and most of the time it's going to be in the affirmative it's going to be in the in the sort of the positive mm-hmm. realm when we talk about light right it's going to be in the positive realm right you ask somebody who doesn't have faith they are going to answer in the negative they are going to answer with a blockage they're mm-hmm. going to answer with it with a negative connotation so how do you get to the point where you can have faith is remind yourself or ask yourself what would people who had faith what would they say mm-hmm. and then
1: say it right that's true and i would say you know to answer that question is experience you know you two have faith and believe for something and wait to see it and once you experience it oh this happened that gives me more faith
0: people aren't very patient though mm-hmm. how do they how do they gain that patience or how do they know when something happens to confirm the faith? because you're saying experience mm-hmm. wait, something will happen, you'll mm-hmm. see it and that will be that will be the universe that will be the Lord showing you that something happened. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we, we, we all over the place we don't something did happen mm-hmm. but we didn't th- we didn't either. Accepted as as something happening Mm -hmm. or (coughs) we were too busy marching so far ahead and Mm -hmm. we just just dismissed it. Mm -hmm. A great example, I want to work at Nike. I apply to a job. The recruiter calls me. I do a phone screen with the recruiter. I don't get the job. Mm -hmm. But guess what? I applied and they call me back. Mm -hmm. That's the faith. Yeah. That was an example of my faith Mm -hmm. coming to pass. But guess what? You get the interview. That's another example. Mm -hmm. When you don't get the interview, that's where the faith. Well, no, no, no. It it wasn't that's nope, 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 because Mm -hmm. you're stuck on that piece of the outcome. Right.
1: But even that piece of the outcome is a part of the faith. It's a part of the faith. That's why I said, you know, it's your experience. You know, you can't teach anybody anything unless you experienced it, you know? But you, you, know, you, you, you gain more faith by going through the experience. Whether it was, I got the interview, now a person that said, look, I got the interview. Hold up, I got the interview. Oh, forget that I didn't get the job. I got the interview, I'm getting closer. Faith, I wanna work with LeBron James, right? I came to Oregon to see my boy. Now, LeBron is, was here in Oregon at the same time I was here. I didn't get to shake LeBron's hand. I didn't get to say, hey, LeBron, what's up? But I didn't need to because I'm in the same place. My faith brought me here. I'm in the same place, so I already know that I'm having a conversation with LeBron at some point down the road because I'm in the same space. You know, I've been thinking about him, all that he's doing, and I love what he's doing, and you know, blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, yo. We gonna work together. That's the faith. I don't have no conversation with him, you know, but I'm just there and I'm watching him dance and doing his little thing and all that. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, yeah, we about to work. We about to get this work out here. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then when I finally, you know, meet up with him and sit down and we are talking, that's gonna give me more faith because now I experienced it. Now I've already had the conversation because I'm already thinking about it and I'm putting myself in a position, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I know that it's going to come to pass because sometimes I wouldn't even be thinking about it.
0: You know, why do I want
1: to work with him? How do I know what he's praying? He may be praying like, yo, I really need somebody that's going to take my company to the next phase or just I want to create and work with, you know, in this movie game. I don't know what this man is praying. Maybe that's why I'm summoned to work with him, you know? I said, and we talked about the light, I know that I am the light, you know what I'm saying? I know it, you know what I mean? So when I come into a place, like I never worry about, talking about faith, I never worry about whether I'm gonna be a part of a project or whether it's gonna be good or not. You know, it's impossible for me to be on your project and not prosper. I knew that when I went to Black Lightning, you know, that's on Netflix if you haven't seen it. You know, I knew that when I, got the job to do Black Lightning, Black Lightning was already greenlit for a second season. Just because I'm there.
0: You know. And when I got a job at Nike, you already said Nike about to hit all the goals, they about to revolutionize, they about to do this because they brought, they, they finally decided to bring you on board and, and make you a part of this and they can't lose now. Mm-mm.
1: They no, can't lose. No, no, not at all. Honestly, and I, I'll say this bluntly, if Nike did not hire you, the mantle of Nike was going to fall. Adidas was going to take the reign. They was going to take the reign for the next ten years. When Nike hired you, they gave them ten more a ten more year, a, <laughs> a ten year a ten a ten more year lease. You know on the game. <laughs> you know, but I guarantee you, they was going to take it and they was going to run with it. And it happened in the book with Phil Knight. Adidas took off, and then he had to boom, 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 boom. We're talking about Phil Knight's book. Uh, uh, shoe Dog. Shoe Dog. You know, but they they needed you. They needed you. Listen to me when I tell you they needed you. They needed you. And I just knew it because I got faith. I could see it. I'm like, Aaron is about the revolutionary, revolutionary eyes. whatever i say. You know what I'm saying? He's about to change the game, you know? Help
0: change the game. Help change the game, change the game. you know, with a
1: team. This is none of this. That's, is, listen, none of this that's is. good and all. You know, when I, I met a lot of people at Nike, and they be on this. Not, not, no, no, no disrespect, but you know, they like call this humble stuff that they be on. You know what I'm saying? I'm just the truth. You know what I mean? The truth is the truth. That is the truth. You know, you should be, you should be popping so hard that people got to have discernment to see your humility. That's how it got to be. Like I know this brother. Just like I met a few other people at Nike. like I know like, yo, they really about to just revolutionary everything. You know what I'm saying? It's about to just be crazy. You know, and that's what you have. You know, this is the engineer kid. This is this, this is this creative. You know what I mean? And I can see it that, you know, Nike is not everything. It's not the all and be all, but it's a big step on the staircase. Absolutely. So congratulations, Nike. For selecting (laughs) Aaron, you know, that's good stuff. Should we take a break? I think we should take one more question. What question are you here? I'm engaging your faith. I guess the question that that, the and the person that asked about faith, the question to me, her name is Tanya. Tanya. Tanya asked me that question.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, uh, Jim, Jim's gonna ask. This question. So Jim is asking. This is going to be a very broad question. When do you know to quit? When do you quit? When do you stop doing that thing? You, I know you talked a little bit about it earlier, but yeah. like, what is? How does how does how does somebody get over the fear of having to quit that job or having to move on or having to get a new place or downsizing? How, like. How do they do that?
1: Jim, that's a great question. I remember um, being at the University of Laverne, and I'm playing basketball there and I'm sitting in my Mr. Bishi galant and I'm talking to a, a pastor at the time that I met when I was going to try to play ball at Iowa State University in Iowa. And I was talking to him. He's like, man, I can see you right now. You have a low haircut. You have one tear coming down your eye. And it was the exact thing that was happening in that moment because I was struggling between, you know, what do I do? Do I play another season of basketball, which I know is not going anywhere? Or do I focus on graduating and seeing where that takes me? So I'm at that crossroad trying to figure it out. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? do, I do? You know, and I had to allow myself to really look inside of myself and I ask myself a question. Why do you really wanna continue playing basketball? Then that question led me to, you always said that you wanted to go to the NBA and stay there for five years and get the pension and do something else. Mm. So that means that was never the dream Mm -hmm. anyway. So I was able to let that go and I accepted the, you know, the, to graduate and it was the best decision I've made. And I think it, there'll be more times in life where I'll be at that crossroad. So the, the, the thing for me is to ask the question. You know, when I was at the crossroads of, should I quit my job as a waiter? You know, I made a deal with another actress named Tisha, Tisha French. And she shook hands and said, you know, on March 28th, whatever that, you know, it was, that, you know, you're going to touch and agree and quit that job. And I said, I agree. And so in March, 28th came up, I had, I had made that agreement. So that let me know that it was time. And when I quit the job, when I went to go give a card to the manager at the time, he says to me, yeah, it was time. It was time.
0: Asking yourself why I'm going to take this really quickly over to engineering, to the engineering side. So anytime you want to get to the root cause mm-hmm. of anything, there's a system called the five whys. And we use it a lot when there's a plane crash, mm-hmm. when there's a car accident, mm-hmm. when there's any sort of a situation where we, where something happened and we don't know how it happened mm-hmm. or how things got to that point. And asking yourself why is... For most people to, to, to want to quit something, you have to ask yourself why. But a lot of times, that first why isn't good enough, mm-hmm. or there's much more to unpack. So, asking why five times, one right after the other, you get yourself down to the core, the root cause. Mm-hmm. And that's what you did. You mm-hmm. asked yourself, Why do I want to continue to play basketball? Because I want to make it to the NBA to get a pension. Why do you want a pension? Because you want some sort of stability and you want to have this and this and this but why do you really want that because this happened and why is that because of this and through listing all of these five whys it helps you drill down and one of these drill downs when you start drilling down you're going to be like that's not me So that's, now, not, what I, that's not what I'm, I'm trying want to understand you. this I can use this in my
1: credit. so you're at you said listen the, the five whys so you're asking yourself that five times? Yes. Okay.
0: So any sort of a, let's let's just put it like this. Okay, there's a car accident, Mm -hmm. and one car runs into the back of another car. Why did that happen? Because one car hit the back of another car. Why did that happen? Because the car in front stopped. Why did that car stop? the person was on their phone why was that person on the phone because their parent just died and they got the call well why didn't they pull over because they were on the freeway and they couldn't pull over and so you so the a car accident happened because somebody's parent died mm. and i think this that this also helps you with empathy and That's i stuff, i go through this sometimes That's the stuff. i do it less and less because I just take it, I really take it for granted and I'm able to work myself to a really good spot. When you're in a car and somebody cuts you off, the initial reaction is always to be angry at that person for cutting you off. Instead of asking yourself, why is that person cutting me off? That person could be cutting you off because they are late for a meeting. Their child just Mm -hmm. is, is uh, i
1: I'm trying to get the lights back on. It's not doing it. (laughs) There we go.
0: Uh, ugh, that 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 person cut you off because this thing happened. Or, well, why did that thing happen? And you go through the, this five why process, and you start to figure out. Well, that person cut you off because they got to go to the bathroom, right? Instead of in your mind, they're just like, that person cut me off because they're just trying to get off this exit before me. And it's like, no, 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 no. there is something much deeper mm-hmm. to that. Or the person may have just. They, they were daydreaming and they forgot that their exit is coming up and they mm-hmm. swerved over at the last minute or any, there's a, there's just a number of, a multitude of different things like that. I'll give you another example real quick um, when an airplane crashes. Mm-hmm. Why did the airplane crash? Because the pilot went to pull the controls and the wing didn't work. Why didn't the wing work? Because the flap had an issue with it? Why did the flap have an issue with it? Because it was meant to be repaired. Why wasn't it repaired? Oh, it wasn't repaired because it came in one day and it needed to go out quickly, immediately, like it was a really short thing. Well, why didn't they reschedule it? Well, they didn't reschedule it because the system was broke, the the computerized maintenance system. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening? That plane crashed because the computerized system wasn't robust enough. Plane crashed because it wasn't maintained at the correct intervals. That plane crashed because the wing wasn't broken. That plane crashed because the pilot couldn't control it. Mm-hmm. The pilot couldn't control it because it wasn't being maintained properly. Mm-hmm. Everything that he could, he thought that he could that's have control, good, man. That's good, bro. Everything that he thought he could have control over, none of that stuff had an effect. It was all based on something that had nothing to do with him or anything that he had any control over. Mm-hmm.
1: That's crazy, it makes me think um, the, five, the five whys, you know, and uh, this would be a good note to probably uh, end on at some point. Uh, I think about my mom, you know, my mom having, when she first got diagnosed with diabetes, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and later, you know, she had to get her leg amputated up to the hip, you know what I mean? But I was thinking about it and she said, Oh, you know, when she was crying and you know, I don't look like myself, I don't have my leg. It was hard for me to have sympathy. Because I'm like the doctor did not cut your leg off. You ate that leg off. And that's a harsh reality. Why did you get diabetes? Because you was drinking something. You Why were you drinking soda? soda? Why were you drinking soda? Yeah. because it tastes good right? Because it's, with, mm-hmm. because it's
0: helping you it, it, food, food is, a, is, a, is a comfort for us yeah. and it helps us wash away the pain yeah. or, to, or to hide the pain right. so why are you drinking it because it, it, it gives you a, a feeling of feeling good and uh-huh. you don't get that normally mm-hmm. so you know that you can turn to, to the soda to, to get you that, that quick fix and you keep doing it well, why do you keep doing it because all these things are happening around me that are causing me pain, mm-hmm. and the only way that I know to relieve that pain is through soda. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever said, you know, that another way to release that pain is to go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Another way to release that pain is to do yoga. Mm-hmm. Another way to release that pain is to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So you start asking those whys. Mm-hmm. That's three.
1: You got two more. Okay. So
0: why is this? Why is the family situation the way that it is? Well. I don't want to get into, into specifics or particulars, but that's, that's where it, and, and it doesn't necessarily always have to go to the fifth why, mm-hmm. sometimes you get to a point where you just like, okay, that's, that's it. that's it, that's it, now you, you know, you know, you know more of this, st- you grew up in this, and you know more of the mm-hmm. story, so was it because she's trying to hide the, trying to make herself feel better, or hide the pain, or what, what would you say?
1: Education not knowing education, not knowing, you know, not knowing, you know, uh, my mom never, she, the way she grew up, five brothers and sisters, you know, 10 of them total, she didn't know how to read and write, you know what I'm saying? So if you break it down to education, you know what I mean? You're doing things based off pain, based off what you've been through, based off different circumstances. But the point of it is, it's just not that the education wasn't there you know, to, to, to develop you in a way to know. Mm. You know, great mother though, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I am the smart man I am, because mom said don't end up like me. Yes. You know what I mean? And, you know, just in and, and this plenty of times where she could have did the education stuff, you know what I mean? But there's, that's, that's many people's story. Whether you do know how to read and write, mm-hmm. this is, you're not educated about food or you're not educated about yourself you know, or you went through things that didn't get, that didn't have healing. You know, so therefore you drink the soda or the alcohol or smoke the cigarettes, trying to cope, you know what I mean? And that's why I love that, the five wise thing, like yo, you just, you just made me a better artist, brother. <laughs> you just made me a better actor, cause I can, I can look at, why does it and we do this, but I, I do things, you know, so it comes to me, so like math came to you so easy. Sometimes that, but now I can pinpoint, that's what it called working on the craft. Cause now you can pinpoint it every single time. Yeah. And I can look at him, Well, why is he saying that? Oh, He said, it's because of this. Oh, he's doing this because of that. But well, why is he doing that? Why is, you know what I'm saying? And it gets me boom, boom, boom. Like the role of Yaseer on Love Is. You know, I didn't come to the discovery of what I needed. It was a young lady that's on the show named Dara. When we were talking, she said, all Yaseer needed was an opportunity that's all I needed. Did I, I knew everything I needed to know. But Over a series of conversations we got to the why. Mm-hmm. And I think over, probably
0: over the past five years as well I've started to use the five whys for any time that I feel frustrated, any time that I feel angry, mm-hmm. any time that the darkness or the critic comes out and I start to really ask myself why. Mm-hmm. Why am I putting off doing this? Why am I upset at this person because they're acting this way? Mm-hmm. And Sometimes you can point the finger at somebody else, but ultimately you have to look internally at yourself and to mm-hmm. continue to ask yourself why yeah. and say, okay, well, I'm acting this way because I'm a little, in, I'm too into myself or I'm being too rigid about this or I'm not willing to change or I'm afraid to change. I'm afraid to listen to somebody else's opinion because I have an opinion and I want my idea mm-hmm. to be, to, to go out there and if somebody else says something that's contrary to my opinion, you can either listen, accept, say thank you and and improve or you can say no and you can throw up a wall and you can say it's either my way or it's not happening mm-hmm. and sometimes it has mm-hmm. to be your way but mm-hmm. other times if you continue to ask yourself why, well why would I? Feel this way, Mm -hmm. or why would I want to not accept feedback from somebody Mm -hmm. else? That's good. So it's it's it it works, it it, it works outwardly and it also works
1: inwardly, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's also a thin line too when it comes to faith because sometimes faith doesn't care about the why, yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, why would I do that? You know, the faith, like I, I can supersede that, yes, you know what I mean. But you know, so it's not a uh end all be all. Uh, yeah it's not a it's, recipe it's a for everything it's, it's, a tool. Tool. It's, it's a tool it's a tool it's a
0: tool which we're giving everybody tools because if you even look at a sculptor and we're gonna this is a, a great place to, to to wrap it up is with cutting stones mm-hmm. uh, a person who chisels away has a rock and they have a multitude of different chisels that they use wow they have a multitude of different tools to to give them a different effect or to give them a different amount of material that gets removed with with chipping and hammering away at it. Mm-hmm. So, what what the five whys is is it's another tool in that toolbox. Mm-hmm. So,
1: man, man, it's always good, brother. <laughs> it's always good, man. It's always good. It's always good.